Godbu, writer, journalist, proud shit disturber. I'm Michael Cass, an artist, and I don't have as many lofty titles as Neil. This is everything. Everything. Did you know Scott? No. I knew him through because uh, he did a lot of lacrosse. And he and my son-in-law and his dad are heavily involved in lacrosse as referees. Right. So that's where that's a connection there. Mr. Lacrosse. Yeah. Yeah. And Moose. Yeah, Moose. Well, it, yeah. I mean, I mean this was a guy who when he first ran for Prince George City Council in 2002 had to get an exemption cuz because under the Municipal Act you're actually not allowed to have nicknames on the ballot. And he was terrified that if people would see Glenn Scott, who's that? Oh, I want to vote for Moose. Where's Moose? And so he got an exemption. He had to apply to the Ministry of Municipal Affairs and got an exemption. And his ballots, the ballot said Glenn Moose Scott. Because. Because that's who he is. Yep. Yeah. Or was. Yep. He, yeah, uh, just a, an amazing, uh, just an amazing guy. I, I have a lot of memories. Of course, I, I got to know Moose through the Citizen, and uh, uh, yeah, just uh, I, I, I'm 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 grateful that he lived till seventy five. Um, I attended the funeral of a Citizen colleague in two thousand one, and um, there was a group of us who thought, okay, Moose is next. He was already. Um, ill and having all sorts of health issues, and uh, you know, sort of well known for uh, you know his his lifestyle. He liked to you know burn the candle at both ends, and um, uh, nobody partied harder. Yeah. And um, but you know he lived life to the fullest, and good for him. And uh, yeah, it's a, a, a fantastic legacy that he has left behind um, in sports, certainly in lacrosse, uh, Pagara, um, but but also uh, just the little things. Uh, the, the two benches that are uh, in front of CN Center now in memory of David Ma, the, mm-hmm. the former uh, citizen photographer, um, who, was, who was behind that? Glenn Moose Scott. Uh, he had some help, Jason Peters, Chuck Nisbet, but uh, who, who wanted to see that happen? Glenn Moose Scott. So his legacy is one of goodness. Goodness, but Moose was a, a gator done kind of guy. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, it, it, and Moose was one of those guys that if he said it was getting done, it was done. And his love for the city, yes. right? Yes. Uh, whenever I would get on my high horse, Prince George needs to do this, <laughs> Prince George needs to do that. I, I, I remember one time when this was right around the time that Prince George was bidding for the 2015 Canada Winter Games. And I mentioned to Moose that um, I said, a guy I graduated from high school with is part of the um, bid committee in Kelowna. And I mean, this guy could sell fridges to the Inuit. I mean, could sell sand to the Saudis, like he's really good. And Moose kind of looked at me and if things are so good in Kelowna, why don't you just move back there? 
<laughs> like he was so right. Prince George first, Prince George proud. And, and whenever I would get, you know, well, Kelowna does this. Kamloops does this. If it's so good there, why don't you move back there? Go there. Hey, do you think, uh, do you think he, the reason I, I, we had, we always have a number of different topics uh, to choose from over the week. And, and sometimes, uh, you know, but legacy came up because, first of all, you, your editorial um, about Glenn, and then I was, and then it just once I said, once I texted you and I said, "How about legacy?" It kept popping in my face. I know it, either either it was always there, and I just was more tuned in and noticed it. Um, but then I thought, you know, uh, who cares? I mean, I'm dead. Like, like, like. Do you do you think he really cares that he has a legacy? Like, like, does it matter to him, or or legacy is more important for the people's comfort who are it, left behind? It's funny you say that because this is one of the things that that came up continuously during Donald Trump's presidency. It is that it it, w- it was reported numerous times that that people would would go to him and say, "Well, you shouldn't do that, or you should do this or that." Because of your legacy. And the constant reply that he would give is, who cares about my legacy? I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it, in that where, where, of course, you know, all political leaders, I shouldn't say all, clearly there's an exception. Most political leaders care deeply about their legacy. They, they, want, they want, after they're gone, their family to be able to point to the names of streets, the names of buildings, um, things that got done because of this mayor or, or, or that premier or that prime minister. Uh, it's really important. Um, but like you say, then there's also a, but I'm dead. But, but it is a thing that I think brings there's a family pride thing and I think a generational thing as well. Um, would, would would Justin Trudeau have ever thought of running for MP and then running for leader of the Liberal Party and then running for Prime Minister if he hadn't grown up in that and his dad was Prime Minister? Who knows? That, that That's think- Pierre Trudeau's legacy is Justin Trudeau rightly or wrongly. Oh, I think it's more than that. <laughs> uh oh, are we going down the Trudeau rabbit hole? I I <clears throat> I can't say I like one politician over another politician. I admire politicians who are forthright and say what they mean and mean what they say. Doesn't matter what political stripe. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. Um and uh, and there are some things I liked about Pierre. Yep, probably more than I didn't like, and there's some things I like about his son, um, but there's some things I don't like, and and that'll all take place at the ballot box. But getting back to legacy, you brought up the who cares about legacy? I'm dead. Where do you stand on that? You mean personally? Yeah. Like I, and I thought about this. I'm like, why have I ever thought about my legacy? No, I've thought about. And and it's funny because when we when I was at the Citizen and uh, we were all in um, advertising, Sean, Sean, um, we were in his office and 
existential crisis came up several times actually, yeah. right? And I'm like, I'm like, there are times, yeah, when I have a existential, not really a crisis, but I'm like, who cares? Like, like, what's it all for? Like, why am I here? Like, I'm going to work every day and I'm putting in my time, and and who like for what there's to me there's a and then i think to myself no i'm here for a purpose right we were talking a little we touched on spiritual spirituality and and religion and the difference in the two um or at least i believe there's a difference but but i believe god put me here for a purpose right i figured it out but sometimes i'm like i doubt god right so my legacy for me is when, whenever, if I were to think about it, would be if I've done one thing, whether a person remembers who I am or not, but there's a story or a saying or a piece of art, you know, um, that that somebody has that changed them in a way. That's my legacy. I never thought about personal legacy in the slightest until well, two things happened. The first thing was that my, my dad in his retirement got quite involved uh, as an administrator with the, the, the family heritage website. And, um, and, and once he showed me how it worked and what I could do and I could trace our family lineage back to 1651 when 19-year-old Michelle Godbu got on a got on a boat um, at Dieppe in France and came to Quebec. And he had three sons, and all of the Godbus in North America are descendants of those three sons. Oh, wow. um, my family comes from the youngest, um, but there there is a line that... Uh, of God booze that uh, uh, one one was the premier of of France during the second or sorry the premier of France premier of Quebec during the second second world war there's a town in Quebec uh, God Boo Quebec uh, on on the north shore um, of the St Lawrence and and so that's cool that's like that made me think of okay now I I see a family legacy. The other thing that made me think about my own personal legacy was was when I was working to finish the uh, digitization project of the Prince George Citizen Archives, uh, and that was a multi-year project uh, involving the Citizen, the Prince George Public Library, UNBC, CNC, uh, everybody chipping in time and money. Um, to get these archives done. And finally, it was done. And my goal was that I wanted it done in the citizens' centennial year of 2016. And that's when we finished it. Was that the centennial? That was five years? Oh, my God. I know. That was already five years ago. <laughs> okay. And, but, but, but to realize that there will come a point in time, I won't be around to see it, but that there will be future generations for historical reasons, for school kids doing reports on various things that will look up my work, the work of the reporters that I currently work with, Mark Nielsen, Arthur Williams, Ted Clark, Christine Heinzman, and then other reporters I worked with, Gordon Hookstra, you know, people over the years. And, and, that, and then I realized 
what an amazing gift that I was involved in in giving the community and future residents that that this this historical archive of events that went on in the community who who is who is that one term mayor uh, before Lynn Hall oh it was Sherry Green oh well well you know what was she like she was only the second ma- female mayor of Prince George uh, all sorts of things that that people can and so I, I'm, You're I'm really pushing I'm my very, political buttons here, I, I, aren't I? <laughs> because I'm like, I just want to jump. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> but so, 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 I mean, that's that's certainly from from a, I guess, both a family and a professional legacy is is that I never thought of a professional legacy. Um, I, I always thought newspapers and journalism was a thing that every day it's new. Every day you move on. Why would you look back? Yeah, but you just said it for the next generation to right. study stuff. But yeah. but but I spent almost tw- almost thirty years of my career never thinking in those terms, and then suddenly, you know, you get into your fifties, <laughs> and people you <laughs> yeah. know start dying, mm-hmm. and and you're starting to go to more funerals than weddings, mm-hmm. and suddenly you start think thinking of what would my funeral be like. What will people say oh, about so me? <laughs> what will people say about me after I die? My friend Derek Springall and I, we have a gentleman's agreement that we, whoever dies first, and he's 10 years, oh God, he's 13 years younger than me. So barring some miracle, he will have to uh, give my eulogy as opposed to me giving his. Uh, we have a gentleman's agreement that the first sentence of the eulogy, whoever gives it for uh, each other, will be, he wasn't always an asshole. <laughs> Mine is going to be, uh, well, he thought it was a good idea at the time. <laughs> <laughs> also a great opener. Um, I, You know, it's true. I, I got to, so I'm, I'm, I'm closer to 60 than I am to 50. And uh, not that that's... When I was younger, it seemed like a big deal. Now it's not so much a big deal. Uh, but as you say, I, you know, I'm in. Uh, I'm talking to my neighbor, and I ask her how her knee operation went, right? And I'm like, I'm hearing my grandparents talk to their friends that way. Mm-hmm. And then she said, "Oh, her knee thing. Her knee operation went well, but her husband just had a stroke." So, and I'm like, right, like. Uh wow, he just retired. Like he just retired. And so my first thought was um not so much legacy, but am I taking care of myself, right? Am I going to be I I figure if I got if I'm long lived and we're living longer, my family's long lived. Shit, man. I I got to do cuz I don't want to spend it in misery. I I I'm very much the same I'm in the same boat as you are. I, I have, I have, um, my grandfather lived till he was 90. His parents both lived into their 90s. Um, so there's, <laughs> I have longevity in my family. Um, my dad is 75 in three weeks. He still walks 5K a day. He's finally giving up his retirement part, ch- 
part-time job at the contractor's gate at Rona in mm-hmm, Kelowna. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and really, he's giving it up more because of just COVID. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, he, he stayed home during the first lockdown, went back to work a bit last summer, and then, and then when they said, they called him recently and said, Andy, are you going to come back for the summer? Yeah, I'm turning 75. I think... I, I I don't need this this gig anymore. So family, do you did you so y- y- you have quite a history. Your right. your family quite a history. 1650? 1651, 1651. First Godbu came, came to Canada. Do you ever get uh, do you ever get the guilt trip? You 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 I, need to live up to the name or do you put that on yourself at all? Uh well, I I am I'm, I'm in a horrible position because I do not speak or write French or read French fluently. My French is actually quite terrible. I I, I would say um, French immersion students at local schools speak French better than I do. Uh, I'm I'm not bad at understanding it, um, but... If if they speak quickly in the conversation, if I can't figure out the conversation just by the context of where people are, what they're doing, oof, I I can get lost pretty quick. Um, and and my parents deeply regret that because French is their first language. Mm-hmm. Um, they're fluently bilingual, mm-hmm. um, and technically French was my first language before kindergarten. I went to school not knowing a lot of French, or sorry, not knowing a lot of English, and because French was what we spoke at home. And so the, the English I knew was from Sesame Street and Mr. Dress Up and, and a little bit in the house and whatever. So, um, so I started kindergarten, and the, my, the way my mom tells it, there were some, some challenges for me. Mm-hmm. So at that point, my young parents made a grave mistake. They started speaking English in the house. Rather than Neil's a bright guy, my younger sister, you're bright, you'll, fi- you'll figure, figure it out. You'll figure, figure it out. out. <laughs> you'll figure it out. Yeah. Instead, yeah. they started speaking English in the house. And within, within just a couple of years, my French was gone. Oh. Right? Because I lived Use in, it or lose it, right? I lived in an English-speaking community. Um, where the only French to be heard was in my house. Um, and so, right, it, it was gone. And so that's where I'm very envious when I, I, I turn on CBC News Network and I see Rosemary Barton with her, with, who grew up in St. Boniface in the French neighborhood of Winnipeg. Uh, she goes back and forth English to French, no accent, either language. Mm-hmm. That could have been me. Mm. I'm also very uh, envious of my best friend from high school um, who grew up in Montreal but came to the Okanagan. That's where I met him um, at around 9 or 10. Could speak French a little, but he, he, was, he was roughly in the same boat I was. Um, but then after high school, he enrolled in military college and insisted on the French training and then met a sweet French girl and married her. Um, and he raised his kids. His kids, he raised his kids in Montreal, and they spoke French in the house. Huh. And so 
to to the point that they actually had to kind of work at their English where and I even asked Steve, why didn't you speak English to the kids and Natalie speak French to the kids? <laughs> they would have they would have figured it out. Yeah. And it would have been completely natural to them. But right, this is the mistakes and the regrets that we have as parents, right? So That's part of their legacy. Right. And so when it came time to put my daughter um with the extremely French sounding name Claire Yvette Godbou. Um, did I put her in French immersion? No, I didn't. I I did a little bit of research and I was kind of concerned about kind of the way it worked and whatever, and so I didn't. And do I regret that? Because I could have maybe closed the circle, if you will, that mm. I, I was the gap generation and then and then there's there's my daughter Claire as could speak French and and uh, her mother's maiden name is Saint Amand like you know <laughs> French on both sides um, but I didn't do it and so so that is that is that an important so that's an important legacy like a like a cultural legacy for your family one hundred percent and 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 the problem is is that Godbu as a name, as a surname in Quebec it's not quite Jones in Wales but it's it's a it's a common okay. name in in Quebec and when I went to university at Carleton in Ottawa, I ran into several people who saw my name and started speaking French to me and then when I told them i'm not I don't really speak French very well. They were horrified. <laughs> horrified. I, I was a disgrace to the name. Why don't you just change your name to Godwin and be done with it? <laughs> there was a comedian, what did he say? <clears throat> he says, there's a black man in Montreal. Right? There's a black man in Montreal. He says, he says uh, I, don't have to, I don't have to deal with, I don't have to deal with racism. In Canada, you're a little more, uh, he says, he says, I get more. I'm more prejudiced. They're more prejudiced against me because I don't speak French than I am black. Right. 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 Yeah. I, yeah. I, that that is 100 percent a thing. Um, the, the the yeah the I I I had to took take a, a French speaking class in my first year at Carleton in Ottawa, and the the instructor I, I she was absolutely bent out of shape whenever I would open my mouth to speak in her class. Because she would go, and she would tell me, your last name is Godbu and your French is horrible. Thanks for the pep talk. I, yeah, I, thanks. I, 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 I have 350, well, at the time, <clears throat> 300 plus years. Uh, I, I, you know, although I was less aware of my family legacy than I am today, but I was certainly aware that our family had been in Canada for a very long time. And I was deeply aware going to see grandparents, cousins who spoke French. My, my dad's mom didn't speak much English. And so there was, right, there was a generational communication gap there too. Uh, our language was playing crib. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I could count in French. Right? I so. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, yeah. And, and of course, helping my dad with various household renovation projects, I can swear in French like nobody's business. That's funny. I used to work with this a little, a cigarette dangling. 
why is he talking? I couldn't understand him, right? Yeah. So my thing was my my I was told outright that you this you were cast. You have to. Right? As soon as I heard you have to, everything after that was just white noise. The 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 teacher and the Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. I'm like like fuck you, I have yeah. to. Right? I don't care my family. I'm not a big family guy, so it's not it's not a big deal for me. I, yeah. It was never important. It's just one of those things. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just how I grew up. And yeah. uh and so I'll tell you when I first, when I came back to re and reunite with that family. I was a black sheep, and and I had heard Michael was. You, you have to remember, Michael was raised a little differently. And I'm like, that just set you that, off. Set, yeah, I'm like, you know what? Like, like I don't need this, right? Yeah. And I don't need to live up to your expectations. And um, and a family legacy. I'm I'm like, if this is the way the family's going to be, I don't need it, right? I don't. Yeah. I'll make my own. I'll do my own thing. So, so my dad and I are pretty much the same that way. He has little bit to do with his brothers and sisters, but not much. So as far as legacy goes that way with the family is zero. But but you're an artist. You you create works that will hopefully live on and be enjoyed after you're gone. I mean that that's it, it doesn't that come with the territory of being an artist? I have I never really thought about it. I mean, I mean, when I make the piece, when I make a piece, it's not, it's, it's in the moment thing. It's not a thought about later. Um, I think it, you know, when I say this, the, the, the young people, the young artists in Prince George, we have the, the teen art showcase going on at the library. And I think to myself, these young people are going to be telling this story of our um, community, right? Whatever that community looks like to whatever artist, they're going to be telling that story. And so I'm like, oh, well, you know, I guess I'm part of the story. So I guess I'm part of the fabric. And so my work will be put into that that huge cache of stories in that sense, but um, I guess it lives on. I... I haven't really, but then I thought about it when I was doing, like, a picking my playlist. I was thinking, what artists have left, you know, uh, and when I say a legacy, it could be a not so um, palpable legacy to you and I. Right. You know? But at the time when they were making their stuff, like the wall of sound, right? Um their legacy was set, but now it's a bit right. Um, right, Phil, yeah. Phil Spector's yeah, tarnished. Exactly, his personal legacy is atrocious. The man was a horrible human being, mm-hmm. um, but a gifted musician and someone who heard, and and I guess we we should say a, a magician in the studio is that I, Phil Spector certainly the music historians that was the first person i think who realized that the studio could be an instrument in and of itself yeah and so i i I included him on my playlist and and i'm going to say something that's going to piss a lot of people off here i uh i think 
John Lennon. So his musical legacy is fantastic. As a human being, he was a dick. You know, and 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 I'm like, okay, there will be letters, <laughs> but but I'll still play the music because as a, as a musician, as an artist, he left behind quite a legacy. And and, and I mean, all sorts of artistic genres are filled with examples of of artists, visual artists, musicians, whatever it is terrible human beings and gifted performers, visual artists, musicians. And, and so maybe there's a price to be paid sometimes for, for their art. Uh, you know, I, this is where we've danced around the topic of cancel culture before. And this is that, that actually is a line for me in cancel culture. When, when artistic work is judged in through a modern eye um, oh definitely and, and 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 also that the work is judged by the politics of the artist as opposed to the work as as an autonomous creation uh the the, the politics of the artist should not uh enter uh i i i i think it can be it should be recognized as as a side note um, this is what saddens me uh, about the cancellation of that of that show the the show Trickster after one season because its creator identified as Id- indigenous and then it turned out uh, was she really? But the work, the work is amazing. The work gained universal praise. So so what do we do with that? What do we do with that? You know, I, I don't know. It's funny you bring that. I was I watched a show last night, uh, a movie called a documentary. Uh, there are no fakes, and Kevin Hearns, Bare Naked Ladies, bought a painting from a gallery in Toronto, Norville Morisot. Uh, I don't know, if not famous Canadian artist. More of them. Uh, Eastern, Eastern Woodlands, uh, or he was Anishinaabe, so I shouldn't say Eastern. He was uh, Anishinaabe from Thunder Bay. Beautiful paintings, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful artwork. And um, the but Kevin bought a fake, so they dug a little deeper. He went to the gallery and he said, "I want my money back." Gallery said, "I can't do that. It'll ruin my business, my reputation." Like, <laughs> okay, well, you know. Uh, can understand that. So they went back, and 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 this that term legacy, that word legacy, kept coming up. Oh, with all these fakes, there's there was there's, I don't know, hundreds of fakes, more fake Morrisos out there, and um, and they're they're like that's gonna tarnish. They're tarnishing his. They are tarnishing his legacy, and I'm like, no. No, you can't tarnish his legacy. His legacy are the paintings that he's left behind. And the he was talking about residential schools and missionaries and and the 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 fact that indigenous culture was under attack in the sixties and seventies when it wasn't, you know, cool, popular, whatever. Um he was talking about that openly. And so he's inspired Right, his legacy is the inspiration of 
generations of, of artists. You can't tarnish. You can't tarnish. You can't take that away. Just like you were saying that that it was good work. Her work is good work, whether she's indigenous or not. Well, and, right. and, and, and yeah, and and I think that's the 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 thing that people I, I think get confused sometimes about about legacy is is that it, it it becomes political and oh the legacy is tarnished and no the legacy is a legacy it 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 can't be tarnished it the work is the work um, it can be tarnished by new information about the the politics and all of that but but the work is the work. The I, my playlists, and I'm sorry, I put together two playlists again. Again, <laughs> again I couldn't help myself because I, I put together a personal legacy, and and you, you accused me earlier of being a little bit morbid, but my first playlist is indeed a a morbid playlist. Is in that is this is this is the playlist i want played at my celebration of life in in that it 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 is just music that moves me um music that thematically is is about kind of circle of life um right that that uh, that death is part of life that 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 the moment we die the the circle is closed um the, the that's circle top, is complete. That's a whole topic. I, for I, I know, I know. But I, <laughs> you but, see but, my eyes go up. I'm but, like, but, oh. but that's but that's just yeah, the way yeah. I, I I view it. Um, and and as a bonus, if you're on Apple Music, uh, the last four songs are actually music videos or concert performances uh, from Stephen Wilson, one of my favorite uh, uh, artists, and and. Uh, this whole kind of circle of life thing thematically is a constant uh, with him. Uh, and so there are four songs uh, that I included from his 2018 Royal Albert Hall show that are very much uh, about um, circle of life and, 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 and just reconciling uh, our, our lives um, at the moment or near the moment of death. And what does that mean? And what are our responsibilities and, regrets and that sort of thing but the second playlist is and this is sometimes the way i think of legacy the lotto max was got up to 70 million um and it was won uh, uh over the weekend by some one winning ticket in quebec 70 million dollars but whenever i and I, I only i only play the lottery when it gets up to that high because Partly because I have an aunt who won a Max Millions a few years ago here in Prince George, um, my wife's aunt. So I I can say that I've held in my hand a winning million dollar lottery ticket. That's pretty cool. Um, but I was but I always think that if I won like the big money, you know, fifty, sixty, seventy million dollars, I would want to do legacy work. And one of the things that I have dreamed about, uh, Teresa Saunders, Michael Hall, if you're listening, <laughs> I have, I, I would pay a million dollars to commission a PGSO show that I picked the playlist. Oh, really? And so that is my second playlist is the, what I, what I would pay 
and I would pay a million dollars to see the PGSO perform. Bare naked ladies. There we go. Not the bare naked ladies. If I had a million dollars. (laughs) Not the bare naked ladies. Um, um, There is actually, uh, uh, I mentioned Stephen Wilson, there's an orchestral uh, uh, arrangement of my favorite song of his, The Raven That Refused to Sing. I would want them to perform that. Um, there's also uh, when Peter Gabriel did a uh, uh, orchestral when he actually did a tour and an album New Blood where he took his original work and had it uh, uh, rearranged for classical comp- composition with classical instruments and then would sing over top but then also had the arrangements standalone. Um, picked one of those, but then I've I've also picked more traditional work. Uh, some of it by new composers, uh, Max Richter, Steve Reich, Philip Glass, um, living uh, composers, because I tend to gravitate when I lit. I don't always listen to classical, but when I do, I tend to stray not so much towards the 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 classics, the Mozarts and the Bachs oh. and the Beethovens. I tend to go. I I tend to go for the the. the 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 newer music as as I think it's called mm-hmm. in classical circles the new music I love minimalism I'm more I'm more Mozart like I love Mozart and and I and I enjoy listening yeah. to it it just mm-hmm. it just doesn't grab me I I wasn't raised and- I, I I wasn't raised in a in a household that I I didn't really experience that kind of music as as a child uh, and so. So when I listen to it as an adult, I, I just don't feel that kind of connection to it. We were talking at work today about LSD, and 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 I and I think the reason I like classical music is probably because I listened to it while I was <laughs> while I was dropped a few hits and. <laughs> So back and, and, in your misspent youth, yeah, the vagaries last of weekend. Last weekend, <laughs> no, we were talking. Actually, we wouldn't do it t- today because we don't know what it's what's in cut it, with, right? Yeah, yeah. But back to yeah, back to legacy. Uh, I think uh, for me, it's it's the musicians that left behind a fantastic mu- musical legacy, and. But because lists are so, um, just like art, they're um, subjective, um, my list is certainly going to have things that, who, who like, like for some person, the Grateful Dead didn't really leave anything behind. But for me, their legacy is huge because it had an impact yep. on me as, as a human being. Um, and so my yeah, that's on my list. So it has a combination of both, uh, but nothing to do with the end of my life. Yeah. <laughs> so so no music, no music for. But what what music would you have played at 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 your celebration of life if if you could choose the programming? Oh, so it sounds like we'd be listening some Grateful Dead. Yeah, well, I'd have I'd have uh, I'd have. Probably most of the people that, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I never really thought about it. I guess, I guess I'm getting to be that that age where we should think about it and and take a new picture every year. <laughs> no, no. I'm quite happy that that the the photo of me that runs with my columns and editorials are are about four years old. I'm quite happy with that. And I have I had more hair then. 
Yeah, <clears throat> that's the topic. Same here, but that's another another episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think yeah, Grateful Dead for sure. I would probably have uh, the Stones. Um, but you know, every time I make a list and I publish the list, I'm like, shit, I should have put. Because I'm driving down the road the next day, and I hear mm -hmm. whoever, Tom Petty. Now, I have to remember Tom Petty. I have to put Tom Petty on. And and people don't realize. You know, guys like Bruce Springsteen and Tom Petty, they just didn't come out of nowhere. If you look back at their musical career and their journey, it was a long, long Did, did you watch journey. the uh, Springsteen at the Beacon Theater? Um, when it was at uh, when it was on Netflix, no, uh, I watched um, I watched a uh, documentary um, about Clarence Clemens, right at the Big Man, yeah, and uh, and that went into oh no 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 sorry, uh, it was music about <laughs> New Jersey the New Jersey uh, I think it was on. I can't remember Prime or Netflix, right? And it went into that whole thing, but no, I didn't see the the. So so what it was, it, it basically they filmed Springsteen did those shows in in uh, I think twenty seventeen twenty eighteen uh, almost a year where it was a one person show um, at a small theater in New York, and and it was it wasn't just him like singing and just playing the guitar. There was long stretches where he talked so so it was actually a performance piece i've seen excerpts from it and and it's one of those things where even as i was watching it i was like how much of this is true because it's a performance and he's telling these stories and i'm like okay Am I am, am I hearing from Bruce Springsteen the man, or am I hearing Bruce Springsteen the artist, or is this just a performance? And some of the names and and you know <laughs> locations and whatever have been changed to protect the guilty. So do we get? So when we get to that level of fame, do we get to do we get to twist our? And rewrite our legacy. Well, and, we... and 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 that's just it. Is that is that I I think I I think for some people, I I know for a fact that 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 Moose Scott uh, would have been very very pleased and flattered with what I wrote about him. But I think he also would have been to to an extent horrified that that oh come on Neil like. Yeah, okay. I I you know, I did some good things and I worked hard, but you know, a lot of warts on this old moose. Um right and 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 so I I think that whether it's eulogizing or or artists reaching a certain age, I I think it's easy to look back and gloss over things. Uh, gloss over the weaknesses. Now, now certainly in the Springsteen uh uh, piece and I'll have to look if it's still on Netflix or not. But but it, it part of it is is that it, it is honest and there are unflattering stories that he tells about himself. But again, I, I'm was that for the performance or not? I mean that, that that's where it's I I found it a little awkward that right this isn't an interview. This is just 
the boss standing on a stage telling some stories and then playing some of the songs. Hmm. And so, and, and, and so I, I'm not naive enough to think, right. Is that is, is art life or does art, art imitate life or is it somewhere in between? I would say it's 50, 50 proposition, 50, 50 <laughs> proposition, chicken, chicken or the egg to take both. I was thinking about that, you know, about art and about the cancel culture. And, and if we were to do all that to all the works of art throughout history, they would, they'd have to tear down the Sistine Chapel. They'd have to, they'd have to clear out the Louvre. They'd have to burn the library of Congress. Yeah. So, Anyways, I just drifted off there for a second, but uh, that got me thinking about that and and um, and how important it is for like the whole Doctor Zeus thing, right? Like, like yeah, we shouldn't publish some because nowadays that's not what we teach. But let's not get rid of the books as a whole. Let's not get rid of the old All in the Family and no. Jefferson's episodes either. Um, to our modern ears, horribly politically incorrect, except that when you watch them um, a, a, as a child of the 70s like you, I can also appreciate the context of what it, where it came from and the fact that, that actually, in its own strange way, it was politically correct. I and, lived in the States during that time. Right, is, yeah. is, is, is that... It the the show those shows never stop, particularly all in the family. Archie is the butt of the joke, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? He he's yes he's the bigot with the heart of gold, but he's still a bigot. But he's still a bigot, and okay, uh, we we don't seem to be quite so candid about that. Um, anymore in in terms of our of our art uh, in movies i i think and and certainly i i think we're back in the golden age of television and i thank god for the streaming services is that they've been more willing to take more chances with some material both on the comedy side and on the drama side mm-hmm. network tv yeah it's pretty careful well, that's what I like about the format we have here. We don't need to, we don't need to stick to societal norms. We called it everything, everything, but we could have just called it "fuck that shit." <laughs> we could have. So, I, <clears throat> so George Carlin left behind an, an amazing legacy in my mind, right? One hundred percent. Maybe I'll put some George Carlin on my playlist. Now, there's an idea. Um, so, so I believe he would love podcasts. He would love podcasts, and and he he would deeply resent um, what Netflix has done to comedy, just in terms of of how it's. Uh, on, on the one hand, I think he would be thrilled that there are comedians getting an audience now. Thanks to Netflix and, and and other streaming services that, but particularly Netflix, that would never have got an audience before. But I think he would be appalled at the dollars involved. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> I, mean, I mean, you know what the, the the money being thrown around to someone like Jerry Seinfeld, um, 
what? <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't find it particularly funny. <laughs> I, 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 Jerry's got some good stuff, but it, it's it's tough, right? I mean, it, how how do you stay fresh? And of course, I, I think he's also true to his shtick, which is, I, I think musicians fall into that. You know, has ACDC ever made a new album? They put out new albums. They just put out a new album. But it's the same album. It's the same album. Yeah. And and God love them for it for it. With are they on your playlist? ACDC? God no. But I did play at my wedding in twenty seventeen. Um my wife slow danced to a Barney Bentall. Barney just lives down the road in William, Williams Lake mm-hmm, as yeah. a ranch. Barney Bentall uh does uh a acoustic Guitar harmonica cover of You Shook Me All Night Long. It's brilliant. Is, it's, it, is it's, it out there somewhere? It, it's out there, um, and and he introduces it as his favorite folk song. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it actually came from a blues song. It was a of blues course song. it did. Yeah. Um, and that's that opens up a whole new other thing about about culture and and cultural appropriation and music and art and 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 what is it and maybe that's for next week. That might be that that would be a great topic for next week. Check out our our playlists. Uh, I'll be on Spotify and Neil will be on Apple Music with two of them. With two of them. This episode of Everything Everything was recorded at the future home of the Arts North Digital Media Center in beautiful Prince George, British Columbia, Canada. If you want to listen to mine and Neil's uh, musical playlist for this episode, you can find a link in the description below. I'm Michael Cast for Everything Everything.